Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Once Upon a Honeymoon. The starring players... This is Ray Milland. And this is Linda Darnell. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in the delightful RKO comedy Once Upon a Honeymoon, starring Ray Milland as Patrick O'Toole and Linda Darnell as Kitty O'Hara, alias Catherine Butte-Smith. When Catherine Butte Smith, an alleged American heiress, refused to allow him to interview her, and her Austrian fiancé, the Baron Franz von Luber, threatened to run him out of Vienna, Pat O'Toole went to Catherine's apartment masquerading as a French dressmaker. The clothes Peter has arrived, madame. Well, turn on the radio and send him in, Elsa. That will not be necessary, madame. Voila, I am here. Well, don't waste any time. I'm in a hurry. Take my measurements, please. Certainement. It will not be a great plaisir. First, I shall put the arm around you so. Now I put the other arm around so, and I grab my wrist. What on earth are you measuring that way? My waist? No, my blood pressure. <laughs> What's wrong? I do not think I can get the correct measurements this way. Could I see just a little more so of the torso? What? Oh, well, how's this? Just what do you mean by that? Nothing, madame, just... <laughs> C'est parfait, c'est la vie! 
Say, what are you doing when the Baron leaves? Nothing. Why? I mean, keep your mind on your business. I want a sports suit with a fur collar. Ah, yes, 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 the fur collar. I have several in the shop which I shoot myself. I would suggest the fur of the wool. Oh, fine. Shall we go down to your shop, or uh, can I skin you here? <laughs> Elsa, can't you get something else on the radio? That's all I hear all day long. That is the new Austrian premier, Sai Sinclair, madame. Oh, my future husband, the Baron von Ruber, likes him. You don't say. Your future husband is a Nazi? Nazi? Oh, dear me, no. He hates Hitler. Then how can he like Seisinkwart, who's giving his country to Hitler without even a plebiscite? Oh, what difference does it make? The people are all the same. They're all foreigners. Madame. Madame. What is it, Elsa? Madame, another close feature has arrived. Another? Uh-oh. Shall I bring him in, too, madame? No. Just uh, have him wait in the other room. Oh, yes, madame. And uh, this time, close the door, Elsa. Yes, madame. Well, so you're a dressmaker, are you? Well, not exactly. I'm a reporter for the overseas service of the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> oh, you broadcast. Well, just what do you do? Oh, I have a very important job. As soon as they say, we take you now by shortwave to Algiers, I'm the guy who goes... Bzz, brr, brr, Oh, yes. I recognize your voice, Mr. O'Toole. Yes, yes. Now, look, I, I, I've got to get a story. There's a lot of interest in your marriage, and I'm supposed to get an interview with your husband. Hey, were you ever in show business? You mean the theater? Oh, yes, I dabbled in the dramatic arts one fall. Uh-huh. I remember that fall. Right off the runway. <laughs> the runway? Why, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. Listen, sister, don't kid me. I saw you do your one, two, three zip one winter on a drafty stage. You mean I... I zipped? Zipped? <laughs> you were the first girl in the United States to be frozen in her job. <laughs> Mr. O'Toole, maybe I haven't made myself clear, but I do not intend to be interviewed or insulted by you. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, I've been thinking... Marriage is a serious thing, and I, well, I, I wouldn't want to see a girl like you with your background make a mistake. And just what mistake could I be making? Well, marrying this Baron von Luber before you get to know me better. Well, that's very kind of you, Mr. O'Toole. Oh, it's really nothing. I'm just a lovable, big-hearted boy. <laughs> You'll adore me when you get to know me. Hmm. Well, from what I hear, it doesn't take very long to get to know you. I'm told you try to kiss a girl as soon as you meet her. Oh, you've heard about me? Oh, certainly. <laughs> but, of course, you've got quite a reputation here in Austria. You know, you're becoming known as the Henry Kaiser of the Vienna Woods. <laughs> well, I, uh, I could forget that mass production for you. You're practically overpowering me. Well, I may not know my own strength, but I can recognize my weakness when I meet her. <laughs> Very interesting. Perhaps you'd be interested in knowing that... The Baron and I are to be married in Czechoslovakia tomorrow. Czechoslovakia? Why Czechoslovakia? Why not here in Vienna? Hitler will arrive in Vienna this afternoon. How do you know? The Baron told me. You know, for a guy who hates Hitler, your Baron seems to have quite an inside track on the news. Well, naturally, a man in the Baron's position has contacts. Yes. But what's the Baron's position? I think I'll follow you and the Baron to Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Just what do you expect to accomplish? Well, I'll... Try to talk you out of marrying the Baron. Ridiculous. All right. 
I'll wait a couple of weeks and talk you into divorcing him. <laughs> Incidentally, uh, just what does the Baron do for a living? Does he have a job or does he just work at being a Baron? <laughs> the Baron has <clears throat> a mission. Oh, well, that's very good. He'll probably get into pictures if the Warner Brothers hear about it. <laughs> Well, the Baron has one aim in life, to save countries from Hitler. Well, he didn't do too well here in Austria, did he? No, but uh, he expects to do much better in Czechoslovakia. Yeah, I know exactly what he's going to do. Say, I'd like him to do one little favor for me. What's that? Tell him to try and mess around in Italy for a while. <laughs> Yeah? Your connection with the European News Service in New York has been completed. Go ahead. Thank you. Hello, Johnson? Yes. What is it, O'Toole? You can cross Czechoslovakia off your map for a while. Hitler's army will march in tomorrow morning, and Poland's next on the list. Poland? How do you know? The Baron Franz von Luba is leaving Czechoslovakia tonight and going to Poland. Well, what does that prove? Plenty. Whenever the Baron moves into a country to save it from Hitler, that country's lost. Austria, Czechoslovakia, and now Poland. They, uh... Could be coincidences, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I have a low, suspicious mind. So I'm going to follow the Baron and his Baroness to Poland. Well, Baroness von Luber, fancy meeting you here. Why, Mr. O'Toole, what are you doing in Warsaw? Oh, just hanging around till you catch on to that phony you married. Incidentally, what is the Baron doing in Poland? Still trying to prevent war? Yes. Uh-huh. And what time do the guns go off? What do you mean? You know what I mean. When the Baron moves into a country, it's only a matter of months or weeks or days until Hitler and the German army follow him. Oh, he's, he's just unlucky. Do you believe that? Well, do you believe it? Well, no. Yeah. Well, no, we're getting somewhere. Where? Oh, let's not bring up technicalities at a time like this. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that you had beautiful... Eyes? No, uh... Couldn't you... Couldn't you tell me now? Oh, certainly not. Where'll he get your divorce from the Baron? Say just a second. What makes you so certain I'll get a divorce? If you don't, I'll tell. You'll tell what? I'll tell the Baron that you're just as big a phony as he is. What? I'll tell him that you're not Catherine Butte-Smith of the Philadelphia Butte-Smiths, but Kitty O'Hara of the 42nd Street Burlesque O'Hara's. Oh! And while Kitty O'Hara is much too good for Pat O'Toole... Good heaven, what's that? Just what it sounds like, the oh. Baron has completed his mission to Warsaw. We'd better get out of Poland. Madame. Help me pack my things immediately. I just have time to catch the last bus out of Warsaw. Yes, madame. What, what are those children doing in this apartment? They are mine, madame. They heard the Germans only four miles away, and they came to the hotel to tell me. Why, why they're trembling. Oh, don't be frightened, darlings. You have your mama. Yes, they have their mama. They are Jewish, and they remember how it was in Germany. Oh, well, look, maybe I can help you get on that last bus. They're taking people to a train somewhere. Oh, madame, it... Oh, but the border we could never cross. You see here on my passport, it says Jew. Oh, I, I see. Well, 
Now, wait a minute. I have an American passport. We'll take the picture out of yours and put it in mine. And then you'll have an American passport. And you? Well, I'll have the American consul and Pato, too. Hello? Thank you. The baron is on his way up to the apartment, madame. Well, then we'd better be on our way out. Here, take my passport and give me yours now. Yes, madame. God bless you. Quatsch, muss aufhören! Schlafen! <laughs> Look, if there's anything amusing about this, I... Oh, Pat, if there's anything amusing about this, I... I wish you'd tell me. Well, look, now please don't call me by my maiden name. According to that passport you're so carefully hung on to, our name is Beckstein. Anna Beckstein and husband. The concentration camp kids. Look at that barbed wire. Look at those sentries. Look at those machine guns. Oh, they're certainly guarding us closely. Yeah. I feel like a piece of meat in a Safeway. <laughs> well, we wouldn't be in a concentration camp if you hadn't listed me as a casualty and proved to the Baron that I was dead. You know, Harry, you're a character. You spend your whole life being selfish, trying to get ahead. Then, just because you run into someone who's worse off than you are, you give her your passport and yourself a ticket to a concentration camp. And it made me feel good all over. Well, I'm glad, Pat. But, uh, look, incidentally, how do we get out of here? Just sit tight and wait for the American consul. Kitty, where would you like to go for your honeymoon? Oh, any place, Pat. Any place where there's peace and quiet and you. Well, what about Paris? I've always wanted to see Paris. Honeymoon in Paris. Oh, it'll be something to remember as time goes by. Something to look back on as time goes by. One fond memory to hold on forever as time goes by. Look, where do you think we're going? Paris or Casablanca? <laughs> Kitty, listen. Why are you so quiet? I was just thinking... Thinking about what? About us. Pat. Yeah? Suppose... Well, suppose the American consul doesn't believe we're Americans. Oh, don't be silly. He'll believe we're Americans, all right. Yeah, but uh, supposing he doesn't, what then? Then, Amos, we is in Amos. <laughs> So ends Act One of Once Upon a Honeymoon, starring Linda Darnell and Ray Milland. Before we hear Act Two, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. I was reading about the art of camouflage the other night, and do you know I found a beauty lesson in it? For I learned how the cleverest camouflage is useless if its color isn't changed with the seasons. No matter how perfectly a building may blend into the countryside in winter, for instance... It'll be very conspicuous when the surrounding foliage changes from winter brown to summer green. There's an important beauty lesson in that, for your skin coloring changes in the summertime too, becomes deeper and richer. So the shade of face powder that blended so well in January suddenly becomes conspicuous and unflattering in July. Without even realizing it, 
Your, your wintertime face powder may be ruining your summertime loveliness. But you can find a shade of face powder that blends perfectly with the deeper tones of your skin by changing to one of the richer, truer shades of Lady Esther face powder. The shades of my face powder are truly different because they're blended differently. You see, Lady Esther face powder is twice blended, twice refined. First, it's mixed until the texture is the same as most face powders. But with Lady Esther face powder, that's only the first step. For I then take my powder through my exclusive second process, my patented twin hurricane process. This time, color and powder particles are blown. Yes, blown by the speed of hurricanes into a finer texture and truer shade than ever made by any ordinary method. Now, among these rich, vibrant shades of Lady Esther face powder, there's one that is a perfect complement to your summertime coloring. And I want you to find that lucky shade at my expense. So I'll send you all nine of the unusual shades of Lady Esther face powder free. Just send your name and address to Lady Esther, Chicago. the curtain rises on the second act of Once Upon a Honeymoon, starring Ray Milland as Pat O'Toole and Linda Darnell as Catherine Butte-Smith, or, as 42nd Street knew her, Kitty O'Hara. Pat's faith in the American consul in Warsaw was justified. He got them out of the concentration camp and supplied temporary papers which permitted them to travel to Paris. Unfortunately, however, by the time they reached Paris, the German army had broken through the Allied lines and there was no time for love. So Kitty hurried to the American embassy to secure passports to return to the United States. As we raise the curtain, Kitty has entered an inner office of the embassy unannounced. My dear young woman, unless you have official business of some sort, I'm a look, sassy. Look, I know you're busy. Everybody's busy. But if you'll just give me a moment. I'm very sorry. Look, I, I got to get back to the United States. You see, I'm a baroness. My husband is Baron von Luber, but I'm really an American. Did you say von Luber? Yeah. If you don't know him, you ought to. He's one of the biggest Nazis in Europe. You are von Luber's wife? Yeah. I married him in Czechoslovakia and left him about six months ago in Warsaw. He thinks I'm dead. Mm. Miss O'Hara, would you like to do something for your country? Of course, but what could I do? You have a husband, Miss O'Hara, that your country would like to be on guard against. We'd like to know what his plans are for us. You mean you think I could find out? I think you could get what we want. Yeah, I suppose I could, only... Only what? Well, since I've left the Baron, I... I've met someone else. Someone who's terribly important to me, you see? Yes, he... yes, I see. We're all patriotic until it comes to personal sacrifice. And now, then... look, if you're going to put it that way... Oh, but what's the use? I couldn't even tell you where the Baron is. He may be in Africa, for all I know. He's right here in Paris. What? He's stopping at the Hotel Creole. Boy, have I let myself in for something. We would like to have you join the Baron there immediately. Oh, not tonight. I, I couldn't join him tonight without seeing Pat again. Wouldn't tomorrow morning do as well? Well, all right. But you must not tell your friend where you're going. Oh, but I, I can't just walk Miss O'Hara, you're in a position to do your country a great service if you follow instructions. Okay. I won't say anything to Pat. Mm -hmm. 
understand. Something's happened to her. People don't just disappear. Mr. O'Toole, will you please listen to reason? France is lost. The Germans are in Paris. Everywhere you look, the world is crumbling. All you're worrying about is where Miss O'Hara disappeared to. You're darn right it is. Well, I'm sorry, but at the moment, I can't help you. an American to see you, Your Excellency. Well, show him in. Yes, Your Excellency. His Excellency will see you. Thanks. Hello, Baron von Luber. Remember me? Name's O'Toole. Oh, yes. You're a radio reporter. I was until you guys came along and put me out of business. They won't let me broadcast anymore. Is that so? Well, perhaps we can remedy that. I have a little influence now in radio. Perhaps we can help each other. Help each other? Yes. You will broadcast to America as the voice of Europe. You will be famous. It might even help you to get your girl back. What? Catherine is very fond of you, Mr. O'Toole. And if I wished to, I could let her go. She doesn't know it yet, but she is, uh, well, uh, you might say, my prisoner. I see. Well, now that we understand each other, we can talk frankly. Where is she? Remember, she's an American. All I have to do is report this to the American Embassy. And all I have to do, Mr. O'Toole is explained that Catherine Butte Smith was killed in Warsaw during an air raid. In fact, it was you or your office notified me of her death. Here, take my card. It has the address of my broadcasting studios. I shall look forward to seeing you. Baron, you're going to. Well, Mr. O'Toole, you capitulated more quickly than I had expected. I assume that you have decided to broadcast to America for us. That's right. How is, uh... uh one thing at a time, Mr. O'Toole. Now, uh, if you'd care to sit down and prepare your broadcast material... I have it prepared. Then by all means, let me hear it. Okay. Citizens of the United States, Hitler has nothing but admiration for America. That is very good. Toward the nations of the New World, his friendship knows no bounds. Uh, uh sorry, Mr. O'Toole. Uh, you'll have to strike out that uh, no bounds. Uh-huh. Well, uh, how about his friendship will stop at nothing? You're improving, Mr. O'Toole. Uh, go on, please. So, citizens of the United States, tell this to your children if you want them to know the truth. Tell her to the workers and the soldiers, and above all, tell her to the Marines. <laughs> ah, that is excellent, Mr. O'Toole, excellent. And uh, you might put in a little something about me. Uh, when one speaks of Hitler and Goering, it is so easy to add von Lüber. Well, yeah, but do you think it's right to put yourself ahead of Hess? Well, uh, maybe not. But uh, ahead of Himmler. That, that will make the Fuhrer laugh. <laughs> then why don't I mention Mussolini? I hear that makes him hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. O'Toole, everything depends on your third broadcast this afternoon. Don't make any slips, Mr. O'Toole. Why, Baron, are you suggesting that I double-cross you? It would be very foolish... Remember, I still hold your Catherine as my prisoner. And her only identification proves that she is Anna Beckstein, a Jew who escaped from Warsaw. I get it. It's good that you do, because the Führer himself will be a guest in my apartment at the time of your first broadcast this afternoon. And should anything go wrong, Anna Beckstein will be right there to suffer the consequences. <laughs> Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! Let's give me another Heil. 
Hitler. Heil Hitler! Melody, yes, isn't it? <laughs> now, Führer, it is time for the American to make his broadcast. I want you to hear every word. Fine. Of course, I'd rather do this broadcast myself, but I understand I have a very low Crosley in the Bronx. I hope he chokes. What was that? Uh, my wife said she hopes for jokes. I'll take care of you later, Catherine. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring you now, by short wave, a report from Patrick O'Toole in Paris. Go ahead, Paris. Hello, everyone. This is Paris. Today, the French capital plays host to the conqueror, Adolf Hitler. Hitler has said repeatedly that he has no quarrel with England and toward the nations of the New World. To show you how human the Nazis are, I want to describe one man. He happens to be a very important man, Baron von Luba. He's commonly referred to as Nazi number five, but before he's finished, mark my words, he'll be Nazi number one. What was that? Uh, he meant after you, Sir Fuhrer. Of course. These days, everybody's after me. <laughs> This remarkable Nazi, von Luba, has the courage of ten Aryans. He married an American girl who turned out to be Jewish. And rather than give her up, he pretends she is a Jewish prisoner and tells people his wife died in Warsaw. There's a brave man for you. What was that? Uh, nothing, Fuhrer, nothing. Heil Hitler. There's a gentleman here from the American embassy. I beg your pardon. I'm looking for Baron von Luber. I am Baron von Luber. What do you want? I'm delivering your wife's American passport. Oh, yeah? Uh, yes. Mr. O'Toole told me to deliver it to you and see you to the boat. Uh, when do you plan on leaving? Right now, bud, with you. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, yes, she does. Uh, oh, yes, she does. Heil Hitler. <laughs> Very well, then, if you don't mind, come along. Lead on, Macduff. Oh, uh, Mr. Ambassador. Oh, uh, yes, Mr. Hitler. I noticed that the American embassy was pretty well run down. Well, you know how it is. We've been meaning to get it fixed. Well, don't do anything about it until you get my price for the painting. <laughs> I have a contract in Russia that may not turn out so well. And it might be we could do business. Oh, that's ridiculous. Everybody knows you can't do business with Hitler. Well, we'll be in New York in another half hour. Oh, it'll be none too soon for me. Then Reno, a divorce from the Baron, and, and then... Do you want me to tell you a story before we get to New York? Uh-huh. Well, once upon a honeymoon... Oh, save that till later, Pat. We haven't the time right now. Why? Oh, darling, you could never tell that in half an hour. Thank you, Ray Milland and Linda Darnell. It was a great pleasure indeed to host two such charming guests with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players tonight. Oh, we enjoyed appearing in Once Upon a Honeymoon, Mr. Bradley, especially since the benefit benefits from this series of radio programs support the Motion Picture Relief Fund's Country House and Clinic. We hope to be back soon, really. And now before we tell you about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Darnell. You know, I've often said that there are no unattractive women in the world. There are only women who don't know how to make themselves look more beautiful. Now, that's a lesson no woman should forget when it comes to choosing her face powder. 
For the wrong shade of powder can give your skin a drab, uninteresting look, can make you look older than you are. And that's quite unnecessary, you know. For among the many unusual shades of Lady Esther face powder, there is one shade that is the right shade for you. You see, my shades are rich and true. They're different, because Lady Esther face powder is twice blended, the second time by my exclusive twin hurricane process. Color and powder particles are blown by whirling hurricanes into a finer texture and truer shade than ever made by any ordinary method. But I want you to try these flattering shades of Lady Esther face powder at my expense. And so I'll send you free, generous samples of all nine unusual shades of Lady Esther face powder. My address is Lady Esther, Chicago. I'm sorry, but government regulations will not permit me to extend this offer to my friends in Canada. Ray Milland has a special word for all the young women in our audience. Ray? If you're between 26, and I mean between 20 and 36, <laughs> single or married but with no children under 18, and if you've had at least two years of high school or business school training, chances are you're eligible to be a wave. Now, as a wave, you'll be supplied with smart uniforms, with living quarters and food. You'll earn good pay, and you'll be doing interesting, vital work. You'll have opportunities no other job offers. And, most important, you'll release the Navy men for active duty. You'll be helping to win the war in a direct and important way. Time doesn't permit me to give all the advantages, but get the complete story by writing to Navy Recruiting, White Plains, New York. Our country needs you to help win victory. So write tonight to Navy Recruiting, White Plains, New York. In Canada, women desiring to join the Women's Royal Canadian Naval Service should apply to Naval Service Headquarters... Ottawa. Good night. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Come Live With Me. It will star John Loder... Vincent Price, and Hedy Lamar. Be sure to listen. Ray Milland is soon to be seen in the Paramount productions Lady in the Dark and The Uninvited. Linda Darnell can soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox production Buffalo Bill. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To save materials, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you. And good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.